Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined on this long awaited edition of the podcast by Byron Lambert. It's our first podcast since April 18th, and we've been kind of taking some time away from the pod. Uh, after the conclusion of the NFL draft to sort of set a new schedule for this and uh, get rolling with how we're going to be doing this stuff coming into the season. And I'm not going to announce that here on this podcast, but you'll see this week this podcast feed will be a lot more active with podcasts from Byron and I and also other members of the Roster Watch crew. You will get them with higher frequency. Maybe they'll be a little bit shorter, but we think you guys are going to like it. And, of course, coming into the season, they're going to add a lot of value. Uh, to what it is that you are doing with your fantasy teams. So with that being said, Byron, what the hell's going on? Man, just staying real busy trying to uh, take care of business, off, take care of all the off-season business that has to be occurring during this time of year. And uh, it's, this is time, time to recharge the batteries a little bit post-NFL draft, I suppose. Yeah, and in the draft we had three running backs who I think helped their stock more than anybody Ronald Jones to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rashad Penny to the Seattle Seahawks, and Royce Freeman to the Denver Broncos. Now that we've had a little under a month to sort of let these landing spots sink in, I think that you and I are still of the opinion that Darius Geis is the guy we're going to want to take at 1.02 after Saquon Barkley. But a lot of talk across the dynasty radar about who is it. I mean, I think Rashad Penny is the one who everybody is talking about that could possibly be considered at 1.02 currently. You're in charge of the be- of the uh, dynasty cheat sheet over at rosterwatch.com. I guess we're all kind of in charge of it, but you're the one who curates all the uh, inputs that we put in. How do you see these three shaking out? I know, I know in best ball, it seems like Rashad Penny is going first out of all of these guys. And then as far as Royce Freeman and Ronald Jones is a kind of pick your poison type of deal. How do you see this for dynasty? Because Rashad Penny is it, Rashad Penny and Royce Freeman are both a good bit older than Ronald Jones. I can get those exact ages up uh, here, here in a second. But as far as those three, kind of how do you break it down? And do you see a difference for best ball and for dynasty? Well, I mean, my pre-draft evaluation on those running backs as talent-wise is a very small margin of difference between those players. And so, I mean, it really pretty much comes down to, and I think we pretty much, that was pretty much the output across the board, you know, pre-draft from us and the rest of the industry. That was kind of a group of players. There's a small degree of separation between and just, so much of it has to do with the landing spot and uh you know post draft most of the hype had been you know for Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman and Rashad Penny in terms of their landing spots after the obviously after the big two guys and that's just what you got to sort out. I mean, our cumulative accumulative inputs post draft were that Royce Freeman and Ronald Jones had the best landing spots for dynasty and I believe for redraft uh, of all of those guys. So for me, that was uh, you know pretty much pretty clearly tells the story of who who you, who you want in dynasty and who you want in redraft. 
Um, I think we've warmed up a little bit to I know Alex has warmed up a little bit to Rashad Penny and maybe we're tapping the brakes a little bit on Ronald Jones and Royce Freeman and that gap is closing now to where if uh, we if we if we feel about the same in terms of the landing spot for those guys then you'd probably have to give the nod to Penny because that was the guy that cumulative we had rated as a little better prospect pre-draft honestly i think you're really happy to get any three of those guys they're all going to be nice assets and dynasty and redraft and uh just your evaluation of the situation the clear concern clear concern with ronald jones is you know what kind of workload is he is he going to get but you know you can make that argument with with all those guys so and i suppose in best ball um I suppose in best ball, I want the guy who who's who's got the most upside, and you know, in in year one. And uh, I don't know; it feels like there's been just a lot of talk about Ronald Jones in there in a complete vacuum with guys like Peyton Barber. May, you know, may, we'll have to get to training camps to figure all that out, I guess. In best ball, it's going Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, and like I said, with the Ronald Jones and Royce Freeman, it's basically you know you take those guys around the same time. You're going to have to get both of them by the end of the fifth round if you want to get either one of them. And I, t- I, mean, I, I, I like their values there. You know, I mean, the I like thing is, R- Ronald Jones, I think he landed on the best, off, probably the best offensive line of that group on a quality offense you know i think maybe you got to give that at this point don't you got to give that at this point to royce freeman the offensive line bit with what denver's done no i don't believe so you don't I think, think that you can have an improved yet? line in denver no maybe i'm just scarred from 2016 watching the tampa bay buccaneers offensive line because it was awful i mean i think it was a little bit better in 2017 and they added alex kappa who we love so that's a that's a really really big addition there for them. So I mean I guess I can and see it. I, think it's I don't think any of these guys go to really great offensive line situations. No, I think. But I mean, if you're trying to split the hairs, I think Ronald Jones probably ends up on the best offensive line and a pretty good offense with a pretty clear path to touches. We you know, talk Rash- all, we talk always about how bad Seattle's offensive line is, but do you think that as far as just as as far as a run blocking unit? How much do we need to take into consideration that they signed DJ Fluker and they still and last year remember they got they got Dwayne Brown from the from the Texans. Well, I mean Dwayne Brown's been baked into that, but I don't think you can put any stock into DJ Fluker. He's turned into a journeyman offensive lineman around the league that hasn't stuck with any team because he hadn't been because any he good. can't pass protect. And that's but all a, they get. He's a good they, run blocker if you look at his PFF grades. Yeah, and we'll we, see. And, I don't. And, I don't. And, I don't, and we always I don't, knew about D, DJ Fluker I'm, on his evaluation that he was a good sh- run blocker. I'm sure D, DJ Fluker wishes that the GMs league wide were looking at his PFF <laughs> grades. <laughs> you, think, you think Mike Zimmer's looking at his PFF grades? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, you can't build a case yet for the Seahawks offensive line. That we need to see it before we can believe it, right? And then you've got you know and. You've made the point that they've got Chris Carson. I think you'd re- still fair to say they also have CJ Procise. Yeah, other yeah. other talented backs. You know, we coming into this, we've kind of felt like Penny was really only going to be viable on first and second down early, especially when you've got a guy like a Procise in there or a Carson who can handle those other duties. That's just that slow starting up offense up there in Seattle. Um, you know, there's it seems to be kind of like Green Bay where it's a bunch of running backs play every single year. I don't know. Coming out of the draft, draft, I just felt like that's the way kind of across the board. We all split the hairs 
And, you know, he just came up a little shorter on landing spot than a Royce Freeman or, or Ronald Jones. But I think we're hearing now, I think, you know, we're dealing with the Devontae Booker, D'Angelo Henderson stuff now in Denver and maybe getting to tap the brakes uh, there for a quick second. But, I mean, Royce Freeman walking into a good offense. He's so with, good, man. With like, an he's improved gonna take offensive a, yeah. line. He's yeah. so good. I mean, look, here's the thing I've had to remind myself about Royce Freeman is that when I was at Broncos camp last year, when with Jamal Charles, was, they finally took the shackles off of him and let him practice. It was just so obvious that Jamal Charles, just even at that age, just by far had the best feet. In drills of any of those running backs on that field out there, right? Well, C.J. Anderson is gone, and it's just still those other Jags from last year. If, if what I'm saying is, if Jamal Charles coming off a knee injury kind of like looked better than those guys last year at camp, I just think Royce Freeman is going to come in and pretty quickly over time do the same thing. It's going to be obvious he's, he's the best running back uh, on the roster. He's going to get a whole. He he can. I know he can play on three downs. I have complete faith in that, and just. I think it's a pretty clear path to a good amount of playing time on what looks like a pretty good offense now in Denver with that improved offensive line. So to me, the talent gap was close enough that, you know, if 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 if, if we're leaning that way on that Denver landing spot, I can live with Royce Freeman. I know it's aggressive, but I, you're not going to get all those guys anyways, right? I mean, no. maybe if you have multiple picks in your first round or whatnot, but you're more than likely you're going to have to just choose – you know, between these guys, I think no, there's all, those five, you know, and, yeah. you know, there's those five guys and that's what well, that's picks 1.01 through 1.05. And after that, you have to decide whether I'm going to go ahead and swallow this nasty, what could be a nasty carry on Johnson pill up there in, you know, Detroit or whether I'm going to pivot to wide out there at 1.06. Not that I have no hope for carry on Johnson or Sony Michelle. I just, I just, I don't, I just don't see those situations as uh, being similar, I guess for Sony Michelle, even though he does come with the first round draft capital, like uh, Rashad Penny, I just, it's, I don't know. It should, I, I guess probably it should, I guess be like a big six, right? I mean, Sony Michelle should probably be in there with them, huh? Yeah, like I, I was advising somebody on the website the other day with the Dynasty draft, and they were talking about moving back and some stuff like this. And like, honestly, I think if you can move back and still snipe up a Sony Michelle, that's a still a pretty good pick, man. Yeah, and then with with Carry On Johnson, who knows? I mean, the the Lions traded up for him. There were things on his tape that we actually really liked. The Trash Man loved Carry On Johnson, and that's something. I mean, I don't know how much we really buy into that, but um, you know, a guy who definitely showed some nice things. I just feel like he fits into that tweener role that they keep on rolling out there in Detroit, where it's just a complete, always a committee. And Carry On Johnson told us at the combine that he wants to play in a committee. I just think things are really pointed that way for him, at least in the near future. So my my interesting takeaway here is it feels like you, who were particularly high on Nick Chubb, have kind of come off of his landing spots fantasy wise a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? That's maybe because I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more kind of tuned into the best ball stuff because I'm having to curate the best ball cheat sheet for our pro members at rosterwatch.com. And I just don't think he, uh, this year it's just for his current ADP, there's just no way. I mean, there's, I mean, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Nick Chubb. I do think at some point that, I mean, if you're Hugh Jackson and you're just a, the shittiest coach that ever lived, you got to start thinking to yourself at some point, man, if Nick Chubb gets out there and he looks like Nick Chubb, like they're going to have to play that dude. You know, the money you spend on Carlos Hyde, be damned. 
you're going to have to play the best player because you're going to have to win games because otherwise you are fired for being shitty like you should have been last year. When Sashi got fired, you should have gotten fired too, except you did what he always did and fucking threw the front office under the bus and got in a huge power struggle with the front office. I guarantee you that motherfucker's not going to win a power struggle with John Dorsey and all these guys. So he's going to have to win, right? And if Nick Chubb looks like Nick Chubb should then maybe he will play. But I just think there's too much, too much uncertainty right now about what his exact role is going to be. So I think in Dynasty, you know, since, we are, since this question was Dynasty-related, I mean, golly, do you need to take eight running backs before we, uh, one wide receiver comes off the board? In Dynasty? I think you do. No, I, I, take, I take at least six, but I don't have to take eight. I'm taking one. It's uh, Sony Michelle and Anthony Miller is the natural decision point for me. Yeah, that's a good decision point. And, and, and we can't give away the entire Dynasty Rookie Cheat Sheet. Available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com. So if you're not a pro member, go get a pro membership. You can see exactly how it's laid out. But I have honestly, I haven't looked at, what is it, version 1.3 up right now? I haven't taken, one, a, I haven't one taken point, a, a deep look four. at it. Well, 1.4. Okay, so. Um, but I think it is, it is interesting from where I've been observing, though, to have watched how it was kind of, a big four, Nick Chubb, Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, and it feels like it's kind of separated to a big three with Jones, Freeman, and Penny with Chubb on the outside looking in. But still a really good option, right? I think so. I, yeah, I, I think in Dynasty maybe we're sleeping on Chubb just a little bit. He's so good. And, and Carlos Hyde's, I mean, is that a two-year deal? I think that's a two-year deal that they can make into a one-year deal easily. Yeah, they can so, be out after this year. So I, I, maybe we're sleeping a little bit on Nick Chubb. It's also, hard. Those guys yeah. all had good landing spots, and they're all really good players. This is a wonderful year, really, to like change the face of your dynasty franchises. And Seriously. I've seen, I'm seeing guys on the website that are remaking the entire fortunes of their dynasty franchise in one fell swoop in the first and second round this year. It's just disgusting. And here's the other thing that's, that's disgusting is Ronald Jones – is his speed and like I know he didn't test well during this draft season and we probably got down on him during this draft season but you just see the way that the reporters out there at these mini camps and stuff talk about Ronald Jones you know they talk about Rojo and how good he looks and dude in the photos where he's being interviewed and stuff that guy just looks like he's going to be a star and I think he looks bigger and I just think if this is a franchise that will give Jaquiz Rogers the football like 30 times in certain games, they, they drafted Ronald Jones to feature that dude. I, I, I mean, Ronald Jones is a guy who gets absolutely no love in dynasty circles. He doesn't get much love in fantasy circles because in these circles, they're all the, you know, analytic circles. And there's a really, you know, it's all like kissing cousins with each other in, in, in this industry. And people have forgotten that if you turn on the film, Ronald Jones is very sick. He's a very, very, very sick player. And so, I mean, I just I think all this talk about Peyton Barber biting into his workload is, is cockamamie nonsense. It, like, I, I think that's even more nonsensical than saying that Devontae Booker is going to bite into Royce Freeman's workload. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just all the stuff I've been saying for so long about Ronald Jones. It's, it's just hilarious for me to hear, the, hear and see the pendulum swing around well, on these guys. It just takes a little while for it to just, I mean, we're, you know, just, it just takes a little while. 
We got to let these ideas marinate. And I mean, Ronald Jones is sick, dude. Like, so. Well, and, and, and if you guys want to see exactly where he is on the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet, come check it out at rosterwatch.com on the latest version because Ronald Jones is a guy that we have an incredible amount of fantasy intelligence on. And, you know, it's like I said, when you were kind of asking me to parse out those landing spots between those three guys, I mean, when you boil it down, they're all pretty good players. He's a hell of a player, and he's got, he, he really has the less formidable competition and, on paper, the better offensive line. So I had some things written down that we were going to talk about. That's only the first thing. Uh, I know we talked about this yesterday on the SiriusXM radio program, but for anybody who didn't hear, just as far as the Cowboys wide receivers, when you look at that group, Alan Hearns, Deontay Thompson, Cole Beasley, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and Tavon Austin, it, I, I think if nothing and, and of course Terrence Williams who God, God damn it I, and the thing that Trashman asked that was a really astute question that he asked it was about his dumbass story that he told and he said that he was behind a guy and the guy like I don't know something happened to where some dude like made a sharp turn and he didn't see the tree and he ran into the tree and then he stopped and he got the guy's insurance information and all this and trash man stopped the story right there and he said wait why on earth would he get the insurance information from the guy that he was behind there's no there's no insurance information to get from a guy who you're trailing right What's the insurance information? His car wasn't hit. He wasn't part of any accident. He wasn't liable to be any part of any kind of accident. If you were behind somebody, what was the? Why did he get his insurance? Well, it's Ter- are you talking about Terrence Williams? It's Terrence Williams. I haven't read the whole story, but I mean, a lot of times both parties just exchange insurance because but, but, that but, that's the will handle. They kind of let the insurance companies handle the claim between but, each other. But but there but there wasn't an there wasn't an accident. There was a, it was a one car accident. It was a one car accident. Like how how many one car accidents? If let's say that somebody was behind you. Here's the statement that, that he said. I'm grateful that no one was injured in the accident. The driver in front of me slammed on his brakes, and I turned to the left and hopped the curb to avoid hitting him. I got his insurance information, and my neighbor picked me up when my car wouldn't drive. So that's all we need to read, right? The driver in front of me slammed on his brakes, and I turned to the left and hopped the curb to avoid hitting him. I got his insurance information, and my neighbor picked me up when my car wouldn't drive. Since, would you exchange insurance information with a stranger after you slammed on your brakes and he hit something to avoid hitting you? I wouldn't. I'd say no, I'm not at fault no. here. But I, maybe, that, maybe that guy knew it was Terrence Williams and somehow, like, being awesome. I wouldn't do it, especially if it was Terrence Williams. <laughs> I want nothing to do with this idiot. No, none of that makes any sense. So is it Alan Hearns that, that we want most out of that wide receiver core? I mean, I've just tapped the brakes on the whole thing altogether and that low-volume passing offense with so many mouths to feed. But, yeah, I guess it'd be – I mean, it's all ADP relative. But Alan Hearns, I guess, in a pick is the guy that I would think is going to do the most, quote-unquote, damage this year. Alan Hearns is going to be fantasy viable in 2018. He's going to be. He's going to be the. I think he's going to be the number one option in spots. Don't in you spots, think? In spots, yeah, yeah, in spots. It's. And here's the thing. What I keep saying, and I said it at the draft when we were there live in in Arlington for on on Sirius with our panel. I I 
I hate taking Dak Prescott in any form of fantasy football right now. <laughs> he just doesn't have the weapons. It's, he's, you know, I think it's crazy that guys like, you know, I mean, I, I think it's even crazy that Mitchell Trubisky is going after him. I think it's crazy that Patrick Mahomes is going after him. I just, there's, there's, there's no, are, are you in at all on Dak or is, am I being just too crazy? I have zero interest in Dak. I mean, I mean, I don't. If you get him super late, I guess I don't hate it. Good because, fantasy players aren't drafting Dak in twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's just no. it doesn't make any sense. He's not a guy that you target. If he's a like a life preserver late because everybody else feels the same way, and I get into a huge bind, I don't. I don't mind rolling him out situationally because QB goes so deep. But he's not a guy on my target list. That's for sure. I'll ask you two more questions before we get out of here. Like I said, uh, more frequent podcasts here on the Roster Watch podcast feed. We hope you guys like it. For the thousands of you that listen, we certainly appreciate it. We hope you'll take some time to rate and review the podcast. Now that we've made a commitment to bring you uh, more frequent podcasts, maybe a little bit shorter podcasts more often, and they're going to have a lot of awesome premium information during the fantasy football season, but this is clearly very important in getting us prepared for the redraft season and also to help us win best ball league. So if you can, please rate, review the podcast, give us a good five-star review. Um, if you want us to keep it going. Okay, so two more things. Just wanted to kind of go over with you here. It's a long list, but we'll do this again on Wednesday. And when we do, we'll go over some of these others. But all right, how about this? Joe Flacco, he's in a situation where he needs to go big in 2018. I mean, I don't even know if he can I don't even know if he can save his career in Baltimore at this point anyway based on the contract uh, the contract he's on right now and the contract figures. But he knows he has to go big in 2018. He has Lamar Jackson breathing heavily down his neck. I mean, a change could come as early as midseason if Joe Flacco doesn't do anything because they've brought in John Brown. They've brought in Michael Crabtree. They've brought in Willie Sneed. If you had to pick one of those guys for next season, which one is it? And is, is and as a couple of asides, is there any hope for our boy Chris Moore, who was, was a clear loser of free agency uh, with all these signings? And could Joe Flacco be maybe a little bit of a sneaky kind of second or third uh, quarterback play in best ball with a, with a ADP of a guy who you can take in the 17th or 18th round of these drafts? maybe somebody with a decent floor given these added weapons yes on joe flacco potentially being sneaky super late um i think if they pull the plug on flacco this year there's a good chance they go to rg3 and not lamar jackson first (laughs) really maybe yeah maybe so maybe so dude that is a full staff of um that i mean we could just look at the coaching staff and just and just all those guys have worked so much with the running quarterbacks and the dual threat quarterbacks, the Kaepernicks, the Mike Vicks, you know, just a, a, all these guys. So they could go if, if the thing is, if they go to an RG three, it's going to be real easy to slip in a Lamar Jackson at some point without changing any of the terminology or any of the offense, which is which could be how it's kind of drawn up to 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 occur. It would just seem like that would more than likely push that back towards late season. Um, and then as far as receivers, I mean, obviously we'll want to consider ADPs here, but just in a vacuum, Crabtree is pretty clearly the guy that I'd like to have. Crabtree with a, with a sixth, mid-sixth round ADP 
John Brown currently with a basically a 16th round so basically a sixth round versus a 16th round for John Brown and Willie Sneed I don't even I mean I can tell you that I, I have I no, I no interest in Willie Sneed I don't, I don't, don't, even, guys. I don't even I wanna, have him on my I don't even have him on the best ball cheat sheet <laughs> I, I, I want I, guys yeah. I want guys like Hunter Henry in, instead of Michael Crabtree at that point in my best ball drafts and as far as Chris Moore I mean, any chance that anything can ever happen for Chris Moore, golden son of Roster Watch Nation? Doesn't seem good, man. Not, not, not in Baltimore. He was. It was looking like he was going to get opportunity for a quick minute there. It was looking he, like he was going to get opportunity. You know who he'll be like? I, you won't be shocked if he gets treated maybe like an Albert Wilson at some point. Some, you know, some kind of. Yeah. Free agent signing, where maybe he gets a little. I don't. Hell, I don't even know what kind of chance Albert Wilson's really going to get in Miami with all those other little pipsqueaks they brought in this off season. But the year twenty fourteen was a huge year for roster watch because we were all over the rookie wide receiver class using all of our intelligence from all of our off season travels and travails. We owned a ton of those guys in our redraft leagues that helped us. In many cases, in the most hurtful case of mine, wherever I I had Odell Beckham and I kept him for probably the first six weeks of the season, had to drop him when I had a quarterback bye week issue. Byron snipes in, picks him up. Byron then rolls over me in our fantasy championship of our biggest league using Odell Beckham against me. <laughs> but in that same in that same draft, another guy besides Mike Evans who also wore number thirteen, Kelvin Benjamin. You know, I mean, let's not forget, we went down to FSU Pro Day to get all of the Kelvin Benjamin reps. We love Kelvin Benjamin coming in, not necessarily as a pure, you know, just over-the-top ridiculous athlete, but a guy who could go up and get it, a contested catch dude, and a guy who was going to be catching touchdowns. And it was it was good for a minute. It was good for a season at least, and it's been, it's been kind of good since. But now he's in Buffalo. Buffalo sucks. They probably have one of the worst rosters in the whole league. Do we still love Kevin ben- Kelvin Benjamin or even like him? Really not on my radar at all. And I mean, look, I don't even hate A.J. McCarron. I mean, A.J. McCarron's been kind of a player that I've always liked, but we just don't know, right? And then he's, he's probably on a short leash with Josh Allen, the rookie, in there. And so that's a testy situation or a tricky situation, a bad offensive line. I don't trust anything in Buffalo on that offense. It's just a real wait and see. They have no they have nobody real commitment else, beyond this year. I mean, Zay Jones is pan- I mean, pants are off in Buffalo with Zay Jones. Besides him, dude, this is like they've been they, acting they like they're kind of happy they don't with even Zay. Have, they don't even have a number. They don't even have another wide receiver on this roster that was even. I mean, was Kalen Clay drafted? I don't think Kalen Clay was drafted. So Brandon Riley, I'm pretty sure he wasn't drafted. Andre Holmes wasn't drafted. Kalen Clay, I don't think he was drafted. Malachi Dupree, I know, wasn't drafted. Was Robert Foster from Alabama, they didn't draft him. He was a college free agent this year. Uh, Quan Bray, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they have a single player on this, a single wide receiver on this roster outside of Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin that were even drafted. Like, they don't have anybody else to throw the ball to outside of Charles Clay. And even if the end, here's the thing. They're not going to be able to go to a two, they're not going to go to a two tight end set because their other tight ends are not, I mean, it's Logan Thomas and Nick O'Leary. 
So, so you think, who else you think it's a target monster for Kelvin? Yes, if healthy. From an, AJ, I, from an AJ McCarron who we like, who yes, always kind of liked. Yes, yes, yes. I'm begin, and I'm just I'm beginning to think maybe everybody's sleeping a little bit too much on Kelvin Benjamin. Maybe I'm sleeping too much on Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, they did trade for the guy. They love him. They brought him in. They, you know, they they drafted a Josh Allen who's a who has shitty accuracy, just like Cam Newton, and they probably figure that you know moving forward into the future that a guy like Kelvin helped Cam, maybe he can help Josh Allen. But I just think in the meantime for next season, I I mean Kelvin Benjamin current ADP around one ten on MFL tens, that's eleventh round. I I think I might I think I might move him up a little bit in the best ball cheat sheet. In hopes that maybe you know getting a little bit more exposure to him because we haven't been getting much recently. Well, that's what we come to these podcasts for is to develop these plots, ploys, well, schemes. Well, well, do you think it's ridiculous or do you designs. think it's okay? I mean, you think it's okay if Kelvin's healthy to get catching balls from AJ McCarron with that receipt with, with that surrounding cast? Yeah, you got to got two guys who've been to their pro days. You kind of got visions of it in my head. You're getting it, it cooked up a little bit. What's you say, eleventh round ADP? Eleventh. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm kind of coming around on it right here on the podcast. Today. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's why you come here to the podcast. We're gonna get out of here today. We have a bunch more coming up this week and in the weeks moving forward. Remember, guys, if you like the podcast, subscribe, go rate, go smash that review button, give us a good five star review. We always appreciate it. We love you guys. So for Byron Lambert, for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius, and all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com we will see you next time